0: Welcome to Seeking Christ in the Scriptures, the teaching and preaching podcast from McConnell Road Baptist Church in Greensboro, North Carolina. My name is Matthew Tilley, and I'm the pastor of McConnell Road Baptist, and we're glad that you've joined us for this podcast. If you'd like to learn more about the church, please visit us online at mcconnellroadbaptist.org. John chapter 5, will begin in verse 1, and here's what the scripture tells us. It says, after this, there was a feast of the Jews. Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first went after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years When jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case he saith unto him wilt thou be made whole The impotent man answered him sir I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool But when I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Let's pray together, and then we'll take a moment to get our thought from this word. Lord, I pray that you'll bless the reading of your word, you'll bless the preaching of your word. I'm asking you now to fill me I praise you for all that you've done. I pray that you will take me and put me out of the way so that your word will be preeminent, that your son will be seen as the, the magnificent savior and creator and king that he is. But Lord, I'm asking you to fill me with your Holy Spirit, completely cover me over so that I'm able to share and show this truth from God's word. Lord, your word is powerful. You say it, we see it in the scripture. It says it's sharp and more powerful than a two-edged sword. This evening, we need to feel that sword. And I pray that you will help us to understand and and believe on this word. And I'm praying this in the name of my Savior, Jesus. Amen. This past week, my son, he's uh, 11 years old now. And uh, he just had a birthday. And uh, he is 11 years old, and he he was working on some math. And he was getting super frustrated as he was working on this math. He just couldn't make it work. And what was in the back of his mind was less about the math and more that he knew that if he didn't get the math done, he wasn't going to get to go outside until the math was done. So he was very focused on getting this math done, but he was just getting so frustrated with it. And he was trying every answer in the book to try to fit it into these questions To get the answer including coming to me and saying daddy listen that teacher on the video is wrong she's got it wrong on the video and what he wanted was just somebody to give him the answer he didn't want the problem to uh, take the time to work out the problem he needed not just an answer he needed the answer and that's exactly where we find this man here he's called an an impotent man in verse 7. He clearly is not able to, uh, to walk, to use his legs, to, to, get, to, to maneuver about. He's a man who's sick. He, is, he has found himself in this sickly position, it says, for about 38 years. And he's tried every answer in the book. And not a one of them has worked for him. He's about to figure out that whoever's come up with the question doesn't even know what they're talking about. He doesn't know what to do he's tried every possible answer and even though he's tried them all he's still sick this man's problems are very real very painful and probably even shameful to, to 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 some extent because even though he's unable to work there was probably some in that time there was definitely some shame associated with not being able to provide for himself so he's he's there and he's wanting so badly to to get a, get fixed And he wants something, and he doesn't need another answer to try, to try to fit it in. He just needs a solution to his problem. And I will say that's exactly where we are in the United States of America. That's where our community here in Guilford County, in this section of North Carolina, that's what we need right now, is we don't need another answer, somebody to throw another thing on the pile. We need the answer. We need the solution. And let me tell you, everybody's got an answer, don't they? At least if you watch the news, you watch the media, you listen to the, the things on the radio or the, read the newspapers, they've all got an answer. Even some people don't have any idea what they're talking about. They've got an answer for us. They don't know what they're saying. They don't really know, but they've got an answer for us. And so far, and I, I hope they'll eventually stumble on one of these answers that'll do something, but so far these answers haven't qu- fixed the thing. What we don't have yet is the correct answer. And I believe in this passage, we have a lame, impotent man who found the answer, and it's exactly what the answer that this country needs right now. Now, I want you to see very quickly that that where he was looking, the place that he was looking for his answer, that didn't help him one bit. Uh, It starts in verse 2, where there's this place called Bethesda. It's a pool... It's the Pool of Bethesda. It's there by the Sheep Gate, it says. This is where they would have taken the sheep before the sacrifices and they would clean those sheep so they would be ready to go into the sacrifice. That was a very special place. It was a very very important part of the, the temple worship. It was a very important place for them to go. And this pool was a very important thing so just don't miss the fact that this is not uh, not not just any old place. This is a very special place. This is very important. Even in God's economy, this place was a very important thing. But what had happened to it in verse three, the first part? There, you see that there in this in this uh, on this pool around this pool, there's a lot of impotent folk, blind, halt, and withered. They've turned this place into a hospital for all intents and purposes. People that are sick, and and and. Don't get me wrong, people, hospitals are places where people can get some help. If, even though there's a lot of sick folk there, that's why they're there. They're trying to get some help. And, and it's further clear that this man has been brought here probably by some well-meaning friends because in verse 5 it tells me that he'd been and had this infirmity for 38 years. So I don't know if he's been at this place for 38 years, but for a long time he's been in this condition. So probably his friends probably picked him up and carried him to this particular place because they knew something special was going to happen here. They knew that this place was going to do something for them. But I want you to see that this man, I don't know exactly how long he'd been in this place, but however long he'd been there, he didn't get one bit of help just by being in this place. And I want to let you know that your hope, your help, and your answer, the hope of America is not in a place I I look forward to the day that we're able to open these doors and we gather in all of the people and maybe even a few of y'all that are starting to watch now that says, man, I need to get back in church. I'd like to see some of y'all come into here. I want to look forward to the day that we can come into this church, but I want to tell you as much as some of y'all might hate what I'm about to say, it is the truth. This place is not what you need. This place is not the hope of America. This building will not change anything i hope one day i can very soon i can do an altar call and people will stream down the aisles and fill the front of this church and calling out to god for hope and help but this altar will not forgive your sins i hope we can gather but the gathering of god's people will not heal america Our Sunday services, as wonderful as I remember that last service we had, we were all gathered together. I remember that that whole day was a midday that I was, it was clear that God was meeting with us. But I want you to know that even the services, that place itself will not answer our prayers. This man is in a place and the place didn't help him. I need you to hear me very clearly. The place is not what you need. He goes on to say, tell us why this man is there. In verse, uh, in verse 3, the last part, he says that these people are there because they're waiting on the moving of the water. Because he explains in verse 4 that there were certain times where there was this angel that would come down and this pool would be troubled in some way, stirring those waters. And when that would happen, it said that the first man in the pool would be healed of whatever his problem was. That's why he's there. Now, the question is was that real? And There are certainly debates about it. I don't know. Let's just say it was real But did it help this man? Didn't help him one bit Of course it could also been where some people thought it was real and it never was we don't know the Bible I don't believe the Bible gives us a firm indication this truly happened or not But it's clear that people believed it But whether it was real or not it almost is irrelevant because this man was not getting help from the angel stirring the water because it doesn't matter to him his hope was not in this potion of this angel coming down because he was getting no help whatsoever from this he couldn't even get in the water in time and i want you to hear me that a pro- there is no potion on this planet no magic formula that'll ever fix our problems no matter how real or imagined the solution might be. There are some things that people cook up and think up that if we would just do this, that it will fix every problem that we've got. Can I go ahead and make a controversial statement in our circles? I want you to hear this. Revival is not the answer. Revival is not the answer. We can recommit ourselves. We can have camp meetings like they did in the old days. We can have Billy Graham crusades like crazy. We can have cottage prayer meetings till we're all doing nothing but praying all the time. We can do all of those things, but that on its own is not what we need. We can educate ourselves till we're blue in the face. We can, we can get all the politics lined up just right. We can get everybody moral, and those are not the answers we seek. Some of those things are good. Don't get me wrong. I hope we have revival. But that on its own, just having this idea of a revival where we're all excited about something, that's not the solution. Some of those other things, people think they're going to solve things, but they don't do anything. We can educate people and it doesn't help anybody. You see, our hope is not in some special potion. Jesus asked this man a question in verse 6. He says to him, Wilt thou be made whole? Now, Jesus is not asking him a sarcastic question. I don't believe in this case particularly, Jesus could be sarcastic in some cases, especially dealing with some of the religious leaders. But in this particular case, I don't believe that's at all what's going on. He's saying to him in a concerned, compassionate way, I believe he's saying, man, doing what you're doing, are you going to get fixed? Is this going to actually help you out? Trying to get get the man to just sort of say out loud what's on his mind. And he gets a pretty weak answer back from the man in verse 7. Of course, he's an impotent man. He doesn't have any power. And he says, sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. He's not even able to move himself. He says, I'll just tell you, if the man's been sick like this for 38 years, I can imagine he wanted to be well. I can't imagine he's sitting there saying, well, I don't really care if I ever get better. No, I'm sure he wanted to get better. I'm sure he wanted to be able to be on his feet again. But he says, listen, there's other people that are stronger. I can't be the, It only apparently according to this legend or this thing that would happen with the angel, whether it was true or not, that it was only the first person that got in. He said, there's other people that are stronger than me. I can't get in there. I want this, but I can't get in there. Other people are faster than me. He says that when I'm coming, another steppeth down before me. So he's probably with all of his might. I can just imagine him with every little bit of strength that he has, he's, mustering every bit of it as soon as he sees that water moving and he's getting down there but there's always somebody that gets down before he does i'm sure he wanted it badly i'm sure he had desire i'm even sure he had faith because i don't think he would have stayed there if he didn't believe that this would work for him i believe he wanted this i believe he had all the feelings in the world his the power of his will was so strong within him i can only imagine there's always somebody who was stronger somebody wanted it more somebody that got there first friends i want you to hear me that the power of your will is not the answer to your solution if it was why in the world are you still dealing with that problem that you won't solve so bad some of y'all have some problems some real problems whether it could be health or finances or uh, relationship problems whatever it is you've got some real problems and i i bet you it keeps you up at night I bet you have a, a burning in your soul. I want that fixed. Why isn't it fixed? Well, the power of your will is impotent against that sort of problem. It's not able to fix it. The power of your will can't fix it. Uh, friend, how long have you been fighting with that sin, that thing that, that you don't want anybody to know about, that you're, it's between you and God, and you, you find yourself so ashamed every time you go after that, you continue to fall into that sin, you continue to pursue that sin even though you want no, so badly to turn away from it. As Paul said, he says, the thing I want to do, I don't do. The thing I, I want to do, I don't do. And you have that feeling in your soul. Have you ever felt that? And by the way, if you've never felt that, I got some problems with you. I got some concerns that the, that the Holy Spirit isn't convicting your soul a little bit. But if some of you are feeling that, that desire, I want to get rid of that sin. I don't know why I keep going back to that sin. Well, how's that working out? Why is it the power of your will working there? It's not because you don't want it bad enough that's because it's your power of your will is not strong enough it'll never be strong enough it reminds me of when my boys were well, Eli particularly was playing basketball in high school he was on the JV team in Orange County Cedar Ridge High School and they were terrible just terrible absolutely terrible Eli was pretty good on the team, which tells you how terrible they were. No, (laughs) Eli's all right on basketball. But they were a terrible team. they just absolutely terrible. They'd get whooped all the time. And they'd go over there and play some of them Durham schools, and they would just, them them schools would wipe the floor with them every time. And it was always amazing. Eli would come back and tell us about what the coach's words to them were at halftime and things like that. And that coach had this idea that these boys kept getting beat because they didn't want it bad enough. Now, I might buy that logic if you're getting beat by two or three, but when you're getting beat by 50 in the third quarter, I don't think that's the problem. I just think you're just not so you're just not very good. And I think sometimes we apply that kind of logic that if we just wanted it a little bit more, if we just wanted a little bit more, we could actually have what we want. The problem isn't that, you're, that your wanter's not big enough. The problem isn't that your feelings aren't strong enough. The problem is that your problem is too big. Your problem is insurmountable. You can't want it out of the way. You can't possibly. Your will is not strong enough to do that. Your hope is not in a place. As much as I love this church, this building is not the place that your hope is. Your hope is not in the potion. As much as I, I want to see some of the things that I've heard stories about from times in the past, those things are not the answer in themselves. And I can tell you right now, I can tell you from a personal experience, as much as I want something, my woner, my power of my will is not going to be the answer that I need. Look what happens to this man. He's having a conversation in verses 1 through 7. Through with Jesus, they're talking back and forth. This man has tried everything in his life, I am sure. His friends, his family, everything he could throw at this problem. He's thrown at this problem. But look what happens in verse 8. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. What does he do in verse 9? And immediately, immediately the man's made up. Immediately, it's over. It's done. The thing that he had worked so hard for so long with no accomplishment Jesus in a word turns it around He accomplished in seconds what no place what no potion what no power of the will could do in 38 years of sickness now every story's a little bit different. I understand that. Some of you, m- most of us, are not sitting by the pool of Bethesda waiting on somebody to heal our legs. I understand that. But there's a common thread with your life and your issue, our country's problems, and this man's problems. You know what the common thread is? We're all broken. We're all sick from sin. We all have a deep and abiding need for salvation. There's only one person that can help you. His name is Jesus. Your only hope is always and only in a person. Only and always in a person, and his name's Jesus. Jesus is what our country needs right now. Jesus is what your family's hope is right now. Jesus is what our church's desire should be for. That's who we must have. When Jesus shows up, things, make, things start changing. Things actually start changing. That's when lame people start walking. Blind people start seeing. The captives are freed from their bondage. The brokenhearted are healed. The poor are made rich through the wealth of the spiritual graces that God gives us. Broken families are restored. Maybe, just maybe, a once proud nation called the United States of America, humbled by a microscopic virus, can once again be used by god to preach the gospel of jesus christ maybe just maybe if jesus would show up if we would just turn away from our places away from our potions and away from the power of our will and look to the person he will actually change things now now i want to make sure i'm clearing something up real quick can healing be found in a place let me go ahead and tell you yes it can but i want you to understand this matthew tilly that's me i'm the pastor here at mcconnell road Baptist Church. I'm, I was saved in a church in 1979. I remember sitting as a little boy, listening to my daddy preach. He preached on hell. I was sitting in a church. I didn't, in fact, mom and daddy wouldn't let me go anywhere else except go to church. That's all we ever did, went to church. And I heard my daddy preach on hell. And I went forward and begged my daddy, please let me get saved. And he thought I was messing around, but he finally understood I needed to get saved. I knew what I was talking about. And he led me to the Lord that, that evening, that Sunday evening in 1979. So can, can you find healing in a church? Absolutely. But where you go is not going to solve your problem. It's who you find when you get there. That's the distinction. You see, I can come to church. And there's some of you that have come to church your entire lives. But you've never met the person that makes the difference. You've only, all you've done is come to the place. And you're waiting on something to happen. You don't know what, but you want something to happen. You don't need the place. You need the person. Can your healing come by a potion? Let me explain this, but I will say yes. Many, many people have been saved in revivals. Many, many people have been saved in camp meetings through the years. That recommitment could be that turning point. I'm thinking about Brother Mark Ridge has told me there was a point in his life where he made a recommitment to the Lord, and it changed his life, and I think that can happen. I think that's good that there's that moment that you just go ahead and say, I'm just going to do this thing. That's a good thing. It can happen. Prayer and fasting. It can change your outlook on life. It can change your outlook on your problem. But I like the way Leonard Ravenhill said this. He said, don't pray for the stirring from God, but pray for the God of the stirring. You see, it's, we can do all sorts of things in our own power, and we do this. This is what this is what modern Christianity is made of. We go through the rituals and the motions. We raise our hands at the right time. We lift our voices at the right time. We say the right things. We go through the right motions. But we've missed the power of God in the process. And more importantly, can I go ahead and say this? We've not missed the power of God. We've missed the God who has power. We've missed him. We've missed the person. That's what we need right now is the power. Person of God yes, he will come with power. He will come with glory. We will have magnificent Feelings and wonderful experiences in the presence of God, but don't miss it is God that we need not the experience Not the feelings not the emotion. It is the God of the universe that we must have That's who we have to have. That's who we need to have this evening. That's who America needs We don't need just emotionalism. We need a God that loves us. We need to go to him. We need him We need him now Can you have the power of your will? Can it help? Does your desires help? Yes, it does. I remember when I was a little boy and I wanted to be saved. I wanted to be saved so bad. I I remember crying that Daddy let me get saved. And I remember being so disappointed when he said, Boy, go back to your seat. Boy, go back to your seat. I wanted it so bad. And I know in moments of crisis like we're in right now, there are some that will beg God. God, I'll do anything if you'll just change my circumstances. And that's a good thing, that we'll turn to God. But your faith will always be too weak. Don't ever think that you have enough faith to please God, because you don't. You'll never have enough faith. Never. It's Jesus who is more powerful. He even says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, that in our weak moments, He is strong. What I want you to see here is, yes, your desires can help, and you want this, and I get that. That's a good thing to have a great desire in the right direction, but even the best of desires will not save you. It is the desire for the Lord that will change you. You must want Him. There is nothing in this world that you can do to change what you need, the things that you want. There is only one who can. There is only one who can. So this evening about to wrap up for those of you that are listening to me please if you know Jesus if you know this one and you've met him would you cry out to him for your nation tonight would you say Lord this nation needs you would you be willing to allow them to see you see him through you would you be willing to allow the world to meet the Lord Jesus Christ through your life? Would you be willing to do that? Christian, would you be willing to do that? Would you not go, and to, go to the Lord and say, Lord, this world needs you, and would you please allow me the, the honor, the privilege of being your representative, your ambassador to this world? Christian, would you do that? Some of you, like myself, from time to time, you may go through periods this coming week where you are at just emotional lows, and you don't know which way to go. You barely have enough to keep yourself going, much less all the other demands that are coming on you. And I want you to know that the hope that you have is not in any of these other things that if we can solve this coronavirus problem, if we can ever get back to church again, all these, that's not the answer that you need. You need, in the middle of the storm, you need to call on the Savior. He can help you. He will help you. His very presence will help you. And then lastly, there's a few of you that are listening to me, and I I believe this is the case. There are some of you who've gone through a lot of motions in your life. You've come to church. You've done the things. You've meant through the rituals. And in your heart, you want the Lord. You want to do the right thing. You want to be a good person. But you've never met Jesus. I want to, and I hope Charles is putting up right now, or he will just very briefly, that little card that tells my phone number. If you want to meet the Lord Jesus Christ, I want you to call me or text me, and as soon as I go off this thing, as soon as it goes black, my phone, I've got it sitting right there, I'll go over there and watch it, and we'll talk, I'll text with you, I'll call you, whatever it takes. I want you to meet the Savior I'm talking about. He's not somebody that I, that, that, that's sort of abstract out there, that you've got to go wondering and find him. He's available to you. In fact, he even t- says in the scripture that if we will but call upon his name, he will save us. It's all you must do. And I want to introduce you to my Savior, but I want you to know he wants to save you. He wants to be your friend. He wants to be in your life. He wants you. He loves you. He died for you. He bled for you. He rose in victory for you. And I want to encourage you to come to Jesus this evening. Now, I know it's a stressful time, it's a terrible time, it's an awful time, but don't let this time go to waste. Go to the Lord and get the person that you need. That is what this world needs. That's what you need tonight. And I want to encourage you to come to the Savior. There's only one thing that this world needs. It's not a place, it's not a potion, it's not the power of our will, it's a person. And his name is Jesus come to Jesus. Thank you for joining us for Seeking Christ and the Scriptures, the teaching and preaching podcast from McConnell Road Baptist Church in Greensboro, North Carolina. I'm Pastor Matthew Tilly, and I'm so glad you joined us here. But if you'd like to learn more about the church, please visit us online at mcconnellroadbaptist.org.